Welcome, friends. So glad you're joining me today. This is the second episode on peace, and it seems like just the right time to share this interview with you. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to Stacey Shapiro talk about peace, go do it. You won't want to miss that. Also, in the bonus episode on the oil blend, Peace and Calming, I give some of my own thoughts on peace. But today, I am sharing an interview I did with Karen Carloni. She is a licensed therapist from Maryland, and I loved connecting with her about the subject. Karen Carloni serves as the executive director of Southern Maryland Community Network. It's a behavioral health nonprofit organization. She also has a therapy practice with SynergyEtherapy.com. That's where she works with folks struggling with anxiety, mood, and relationship issues. Karen really believes in a holistic and person-centered therapeutic process, and she loves to emphasize people's strengths. Recently, Karen wrote an article on burnout. It's really interesting, and you need to go check it out. That article is on choosingtherapy.com, so go find it. Today, we're going to be talking about peace. Karen shares so much wisdom and practical insights. I know this is going to add value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Karen, welcome. I am so glad you're here with me today. It's um, fun to get to meet you. I'm I'm excited about getting to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. I've really been looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. I am excited because I get to talk about something that I love to talk about too, um, which is peace. And we're going to be talking about finding peace in this crazy world. And oh my gosh, are we not in a crazy world? We certainly are. And I, I think peace is hard to come by right now. It really is. It's hard to hard to cultivate in our life. So we are going to talk about that. I'm excited about that conversation. But before we jump in, I would love for you to um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, tell us a little bit about your family, all those things. Sure. Um, I live in Maryland, and um, we currently have a middle school student and a high school student who are um, still at home and enjoying our new online schooling environment. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Enjoying being um, a questionable term, I think, <laughs> for that. But <laughs> Right. Oh, my God. Um, Finding peace have... in the crazy world, right? That's <laughs> Exactly. Um, we also have two older biological kids. One's a recent college graduate and one is a medical resident serving in the emergency room in New York state. Wow. Very cool. And uh, yeah. And he just got married to another emergency room resident. So we were real fortunate to um, 
to have them in our lives. And um, we also had foster children who are grown and gone and have children of their own. Very cool. That's, that's a big family. Yeah, we have a very large family. My my husband likes to say we're both Catholic and Italian. That should explain all of that. <laughs> it just it just sums it all up right there. You don't have to say that's great. That's wonderful. Well, good. Did you say where you are where you live? Um, yes, we live in Maryland, and um, um, but I serve in my practice, folks in both Maryland and South Carolina. Okay, good. Good. Well, we're going to talk about your practice a little bit, but I would love to hear, because I'm asking all of the guests this season about your story, about why you became a counselor. So I want to hear your story. Sure. Um, so I really became a therapist essentially because I, I really have an innate love of people and tapping into people's inner resilience and creativity. Um, at the end of the day, I just think that people are experts on themselves and I, I learn so much mm. from the people that I work with. And for me, it's about building community one person at a time. And I think I came to that because I had, uh, the fortunate experience of having in high school, a, um, teacher from the, from Bowdoin college who came and taught psychology at the high school. And he was just brilliant. And he delved very deeply into Jungian psychology, at, but with high school students. And so wow. it, was, it was really compelling. What an experience as a high schooler. Yeah. That's great. So you became a therapist did you just like right out of high school go, you knew exactly what you're going to do or? No, no, I was, um, I was an eighties kid. And so, um, in college at that time, pretty much everybody was enrolled in the business school. It seemed uh -huh. like I went to the university of Florida and, uh, after a few semesters of that and doing psychology as, um, as my electives, um, I finally had to ask the question, why was I majoring in the things that I didn't like and minoring in the thing that I did like. <laughs> that so. makes sense. That's a good question <laughs> so, to ask. It's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I changed majors and, um, and went straight into um, working for the state of Florida right out, out of college and um, was in the, um, in the human services department and realized pretty quickly that I did not want to continue in that part of the field that I really wanted to get my master's degree and uh, do and do other things with it and serve people in a different way. So well, that's what I did. That's I like that story. I think that's good when you're just finding your way, right? You're finding your way. Yeah. So it fits and starts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so as you are now really far into your you know, into your career, into your practice, do you feel like what you're doing is fulfilling that why or the reason that you went in? More now than ever before. Mm -hmm. um, I am the executive director of Southern Maryland Community Network, and we serve people with chronic and persistent mental illness in a tri-county area. So I get to be a leader in the field. I get to develop professionals underneath me. Um, and I get to 
interact with legislators on policy and I get to do all of these macro things in my profession, which are so important to me. And then I also get the joy of uh, having a small private practice where I work with college students, um, professionals, couples, um, all, uh, high school kids, and really get the enjoyment of helping people fulfill their own goals and um, and grow and develop. So I get the joy of the micro side of the field and the macro side of the field. I really like that. That That's a good way to explain it too. The micro side and the macro side. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump in to our conversation about peace. And as we get into it, I would love for you, first of all, just to define what you think peace is and and maybe mm-hmm. what it isn't, right? So what maybe some misconceptions about what it is. So I yeah, I want to hear. Absolutely. So to me, I define inner peace as a state of being mentally and spiritually content with enough knowledge and understanding to keep yourself strong in the face of discord or stress. Mm-hmm. And um a lot of spiritual practices talk about peace in terms of the experience of knowing yourself deeply. Mm-hmm. So I think those are good ways to look at peace. Uh-huh. And I think what it is not is it is not a place or a state of perpetual happiness in the way that we think of happiness yes. and um, being ebullient or, or just euphoric. That's not what it is. There are going to be challenges to our inner equilibrium. There's going to be times when we're not able to access that state of balance or contentment very easily. And it's in those areas that I think my clients have been my greatest teachers. Oh, so tell me about that. So I think in the, in the big scheme of things, peace happens when we're operating in alignment with our core values and principles, and at the same time, striving to accept reality and, and be right where we are in this moment. Mm-hmm. When we're able to access that internal locus of control versus the external locus of control. Oh, okay. So let's explain those terms. That's, sure. That's kind of hard sometimes. I mean, some people might know what that means, but some people might not. So tell us about True. what that means. Mm-hmm. True. So your internal locus of control are those things that you yourself can have an effect on. So in, in a given moment, I can choose how I regard things. I can choose what I pay attention to and what things I minimize and what things I maximize. Mm-hmm. External locus of control are those things that are coming at us from the outside we may not be able to control the fact that say for example we lost our job right we can control what we tell ourselves about that and what our next steps might be yeah so so the internal locus of control is are things that you can make a difference in that you can control you can or you can change by your own actions by your own changing your mindset by something that you're doing yourself Right. And the external locus of control are things that that are happening. Mm -hmm. But no matter what you do, you don't you can't necessarily impact a change 
there or, you know, create a change there. Is that right? right? Ex- exactly. And I think that, you know, we need to recognize that this really is a lifelong challenge for most people because throughout our lives, there are going to be different developmental challenges. There are going to be things that we can't control that happen to us. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be lessons that appear and challenge our ideas of who we are and what we believe. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, where we focus our attention and energy is what determines how we feel about what we're facing. That's interesting. And as it relates to peace, right? Mm-hmm. When we try to have control over things that we don't have control over, that creates like whatever the opposite of peace is, chaos or stress. Stress, and chaos. right? Yeah. 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 Craziness. I mean, it is crazy making, right? To try to control things that you don't have control over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way, you know, for me, that's the way I think of it. And that's, that's where so many spiritual practices come in and try to help us come to some kind of equanimity over what's happening to us. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I like thinking about it in terms of control. That's just something I hadn't thought of for a while. I would love to hear any of your thoughts on why it's important for our mental health, right? To work on creating or cultivating peace inside us. So I think of, I think of it this way. Um, part of what is known as mental health or a state of mental health is about having um, internal resiliency. It's about being able to manage the, the vicissitudes of life without feeling immobilized, without excessive anxiety and fear, and without damaging relationships along the way. Okay, so I want to know what that, what is vicissitude? Is that what you just said? <laughs> the, the, the variabilities, the things that happen in life. So the things that you can't predict. Okay. So life so, is life is unsure. Sure. It's really unsure. And, yeah. And so I think that we can think of the experience of anxiety, depression, trauma, relationship issues, and we can understand that, that as, as challenges that can rob us of our inner peace because of the things that are outside of our control. And that the only way to move forward from there is to take control of what we can. Mm-hmm. And once you start doing that, you begin to build that resilience that I referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, you're making use of your inner and outer resources. Yeah. And so what happens as far as our, our mental health or emotional state, right? Or what can happen if we choose not to do that? So if we choose not to manage those, our expectations and manage our, our own internal resources, then eventually things begin piling up and we're struggling against an ever-growing pile of worries and concerns. And I think that when we do work to develop that resiliency, we're capable of post-traumatic growth. And those are those are 
Uh, that's the side of trauma we don't think of all the time is that mm-hmm. post-traumatic growth. And what, it's it's a real opportunity. So talk about post-traumatic growth. What What does that mean? When we've had a trauma and when we've experienced something really difficult in our lives, um, and you know, you talked about a situation in your own life um, on one of your episodes. Yes. That's a great example of that. You know, you come to a place where you can choose and you can choose either to deal with the situation, and grow from it, or you can choose for that to define your life. And post, post-traumatic growth is the place where at that inflection point, you say, I'm going to learn from this, what I can, I'll accept what I can out of it. The things I can't accept, I'm going to let go and I'm going to move forward. Mm, I like that. That's so important to, I like that you said it was a choice. It's so important to realize that we have choice and that that is what we have control over. Right, that is the the piece that's the locus of control, it, the internal locus of control that we have, right. that we can make those choices and we can turn toward finding peace. Right, we. I we think of it almost it. like in um, martial arts or yoga, where you you know we talk about a lot about balance, and you know balance isn't always about staying perfectly grounded perfectly, still perfectly on point. It's about the flexibility to write yourself when you start to tip over. Mm-hmm. I like that. So is that what creates peace? Do you think? Is I think choosing that. I think so. Uh, to me, that's, to me, that's what, where peace comes from. Peace doesn't come from nothing happening. It comes from the ability to handle the things that do. I like that. And I wonder if it's like, the experience of peace in us is so unique. Like it's hard to explain that experience of what it feels like because it is such a a unique experience for each person and maybe even in a, each different situation that the experience of peace might feel different. Yes. As opposed so. to happy, right? I love that you connected that. It's it's not happy. I wonder mm-hmm. if you could be happy without peace. I think you could. I have to think that through. But it's an interesting thought. I wonder. <laughs> I think. I mean, fleeting. You know, you could have fleeting yeah, moments. I suppose you could. Of happy. I think you could still have like happy instances or moments without having having peace. Sure. Per se. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's a fascinating thought. I have to think more about that. I'm not sure that I believe that yet. Maybe I do, but I'm not sure. Yet. <laughs> to think about that one. <laughs> we'll have to think about that one. Um, but okay, I love that whole idea of internal locus of control and you know, and focusing on the things that we do have control over. It really does have to do also with, I mean, I just did a uh, interview with somebody the other day on radical acceptance. And we're going to talk about that mm. later in the series. But um, you know, the radical acceptance, right? It, yeah. I feel like you kind of have to get to this place of accepting the reality of your life and accepting things that are out of your control, you know? And I, I even liken that 
to, uh, there's some work in the management field by a lady named Cy Wakeman, and she talks specifically about how um, work drama um, mm. makes the workplace and the workplace culture uncomfortable for people, mm. and that um, they have control over their work environment, some aspects of it, and not others, and that once a person is more accepting of the realities of their work environment, they then become happier in their work environment. Well, it's really true. And find peace, I would imagine. Like mm-hmm. if and you, find peace. If you accept the reality that I have control of these things, I can choose how I respond to all of this stuff. I am not out of control. Like or I am not without control. Right. I'm not I'm not without something that I can do to affect my situation. And that does bring peace. And it doesn't necessarily yeah. even change the situation. Nope. Some some parts of situations are what they are. Yeah. Okay. So I would love for you to tell us something tangible that we can mm. walk away with today and and start doing. Like just to right. move toward peace. Because really here's the thing. We are living in a world right now that is so different than Mm -hmm. anybody had it would have expected a year ago. Yeah. So if if we were doing this interview a year ago, we would have been having such a different experience, right? Absolutely. Um, Than we are right now, and we are we are having this experience as a culture, as a world. I mean, as a people. Mm-hmm. humanity, right? Like we're all in this together, but it's so, so new and somewhat scary and unpredictable. And we feel most of us very out of control. Well, because we, frankly, we are. Exactly. We are. We are. And I, uh, what I think is helpful is developing a contemplative practice and that doesn't have to be religious. It can be non-religious contempl- contemplative practice. So it could be yoga. It could be meditation. It could be uh, tapping. It could be, you know, uh, walking in the, in the woods. It could be running. It could be any one of those things. But there's a really simple, just a, a really easy meditation that um, I'm borrowing from Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Buddhist monk and international speaker. And he talks about mindfulness meditation and uh, wrote many different books, but one of them is called uh, Peace in Every Step. And yes, actually um, I had um, one of my guests, that was their book that they recommended. Oh, that was their book. Okay. That's one of my favorites too. That was not, that's not my book. I have a different one, but yeah, it was in the, so I already have it up somewhere in the the show notes. It's a great book. So he reminds us that in order to meditate, we don't have to be sitting on a cushion. We don't have to dedicate, you know, an hour to it. It can be just this very brief moment. You can do it at a red light. You can do it while you're doing the dishes. It doesn't matter. But, but basically what, uh, he has a little thing that you can say to yourself and you can just say, breathing in, I'm aware of my body breathing out. I release the tension in my body mm-hmm. and you can do it just a couple of times breathing in. I'm aware of my body 
breathing out, I release the tension in my body. Very simple, very practical, easy, can do it anywhere. And how does that bring peace to us or help us find peace anyway? To the extent that you're living in that present moment and you're focused only on breathing in and breathing out and releasing that tension in your body, you're not worried in that moment about the things coming at you from the outside. You're not worried about what you can and cannot control. Just learning present moment awareness brings a lot of peace. It's something that helps you connect to yourself and you can do it anytime and come back to that moment in time and that place where it doesn't matter what's coming at you. Yeah, I really like that. That is a, it's a very practical thing that we all can do. And I like that you reminded us that, you know, just coming back to our present moment, creating a space of mindfulness and grounding, right? We, we don't need to go away for an hour and a half or, or go away for two nope. weeks or something like that to create that. You don't even peace. have to download an app. Nope. It's very simple. Yeah. And so it does create peace. And I, I like that. I also like the other thing that you said that really is a very practical, a very tangible thing that we can do is asking ourselves if we actually have control of the situation and finding, okay, so do I have control of that? No. So what do I have control of? I think those are, those are really good questions and they're simple and they're easily done. And I like that. That's, so really helpful. Thank you. So we're going to move on a little bit. Thank you so much for that conversation. But before we move on, I want to give you one opportunity, one last opportunity to tell us anything more, anything else that you want to say about peace. You know, I, I think one of the messages that I have is that even after all of these years in this profession, the whole situation with the pandemic caught me by surprise just as much as anyone else. Sure. It knocked everyone off their equilibrium. And it happened that I actually started my private practice in March, not on purpose. <laughs> I'd been thinking about it for about a year. And then that just happened to be when it began. And I got a lot of surprises in terms of who it was seeking services. And what I found was that there are so many, um, it was a lot of families. There were, I served a lot of medical professionals, medical students, um, a lot of technology professionals, um, a lot of people who were suddenly working from home and had children homeschooling and, or, um, online schooling. They had spouses also trying to get their work done. And what I found was that people were really struggling with the fact that there was this um, somewhat seamless meshing and meshment of their personal and their professional lives. And that everything was going on from dawn till, you know, till three o'clock in the morning. And and I just, um, when thinking about 
the issue of peace, it's, it's really clear to me that one of the places that you have to cultivate in order to have peace in your life is, is you really do have to have to make space for it. You have to figure out some structure that does create some boundaries between the personal and professional, especially um, as we're looking at, you know, potentially, well, currently, another surge of this virus in many places. So I just really want to encourage people to do their best to create some boundaries between the personal and the professional and to carve out some space for peace, however small that might be. That is such good advice. Really, I mean, great words. Thank you for that. Because, gosh, I think so many people are finding it very challenging to figure that out. We've never had to figure that out before. No. Yeah. And collectively, we are trying to figure it out, you know? I've just been amazed by the things that people have done, the the resilience in Mm -hmm. in people. Um, I know of um, a couple that has, that are friends of ours that have very small children, both professional um, jobs. And one of them gets up at three o'clock in the morning and does their work until it's time to get the kids up. And then the other one goes until midnight or two in the morning in order to get their job done. And I think they're not the only ones that Mm -hmm. are living those sorts of realities right now. Yeah. And so, um, you know, certainly the ability of, of um, people to have teletherapy options has been good during this time because people can, can have someone to talk to and they don't have to leave their house to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been good too. Yeah, I like that that advice. That I hope people take that advice of really carving out time intentionally, not just when it happens, but to intentionally put that as a priority in our life to find that peace. Because, you know, we can go on like this for a bit. We can be in a crazy place for a while. And sometimes we have to be and our lives aren't always peaceful, right? But it isn't sustainable. No, it's doable, right? I always, I, I say that sometimes. Like I, I have said that often. Like it's doable, but it is not sustainable. But it is not sustainable. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, creating those spaces, intentionally creating those spaces, is going to create is going to make the doableness of it, right, mm-hmm. be longer. Yeah, but yeah. So thank you. Okay. So we want to hear before we leave, we want to hear a little bit about you, what you're doing. Tell us how we can get in touch with you, um, all of that stuff. So um, currently I am um, working in a group practice that's Synergy E-Therapy. And we have practitioners from a number of different states. I serve Maryland and South Carolina, but there are practitioners who serve other states as well. I provide uh, free consultations to anyone who's interested, and I focus on youth and adults. Um, Currently, I'm doing a lot of focusing on pre-health professionals and healthcare professionals. Um, I like that. Very interested in those populations in my private practice. So I do a lot 
An eclectic practice that involves uh, cognitive behavioral therapies, Adlerian concepts. Um, but really what I try to do is make sure that anything that I do is person-centered and really focuses on that individual and their strengths. I love that. I will put the link to that in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you and um, with the people in your group too. So that's great. Uh, okay. Before we go, I want to hear, I'm going to ask you the the three questions mm-hmm. that I ask everybody in my podcast. So the first one is, I'd love to hear an event that changed you. Um, that one's easy. My mother was diagnosed with multiple myeloma in 2000. And um, at that time, it had a very poor five-year survival rate. And um, she entered clinical trials and it's 2020 and she is still here doing well and in remission. So that was huge. That is a huge event. And Mm -hmm. what a blessing. What a miracle. It it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A person who changed you. So um, I was coached by a lady named Jean Supin, who coached me during the, uh, I was in the National Council for Behavioral Health Leadership Program. And um, she really just um, helped me become more aware of my own strengths, um, areas that I needed to work on in leadership. And um she actually just recently ran for state Congress in North Carolina. So she unfortunately did not win, but well, um, she did it. She ran, but she ran. And so um, I thought that was amazing. That's brave. Good. Well, she must've been a really big impact on you. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. The last one is a book. I can't wait to hear what yes. it is now. A book that so, changed you. I want to recommend, and if you don't mind, I'll also read just like one little quote. (laughs) I'd love to. Yes, please do. Um, My book is The Road Less Traveled by Mm. M. Scott Peck. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's an oldie but goodie. And uh, the quote that I have for you is, um, if your goal is to avoid pain and escape suffering, I would not advise you to seek higher levels of consciousness or spiritual evolution. First, you cannot achieve them without suffering. And second, insofar as you do achieve them, you are likely to be called on to serve in ways more painful to you or at least demanding of you than you can imagine. Mm. Then why desire to evolve at all, you may ask. If you ask this question, perhaps you do not know enough of joy. Oh, I like that. And I think that quote is all about resilience. And it's all about post-traumatic growth that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's how we achieve peace. That was a beautiful quote. I will put that link in the show notes to that book because that's a great book. Thank you so much, Karen, for being here. I really Thank appreciate you, it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I want to stay in touch and uh, hear more about what you're doing in, in the world. I'd love to. All right. Thanks. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, 
and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends. <laughs>